If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Hello and welcome to part two of the 2023 year-end wrap-up for the Bogosity Podcast. This is your host, Shane Killian. In part one, we went over the recap of all the year's bogosity, the good and the bad, and the silver clue-on winners as well. Now let's cover the recipients of Biggest Bogon Emitter and Idiot Extraordinaire and name 2023's Idiot of the Year. Among all of the states that were stupid enough to pass unconstitutional assault weapons bans after the Supreme Court's Bruin decision, Illinois stood out. It's one thing where you define the weapon by aesthetic features, or even features designed for the disabled, but Illinois wasn't even hiding it. The vertical grip, which is a massive help to people with neurological as well as range of motion issues, is one prominent one. They also included flash guards, in other words, eye protection, barrel shrouds, which prevents you from burning yourself, and buffer tubes, which help to absorb recoil, another benefit to people with disabilities. This was made even worse by their psychotically dishonest claim that the only reason for these features is mass murder. And didn't even seem to realize the implication given that police routinely carry these weapons. It's so idiotic and so blatant that most of the sheriff's offices in the surrounding counties, including McHenry, DeKalb, LaSalle, and Kankakee, have refused to enforce the law. Meanwhile, over in California, L.A. County Sheriff Robert Luna made up the term assault pistol. That one even had outlets like Newsweek scratching their heads. Even though the pistol in question was a 9mm semi-auto, and not a very good one at that. Luna refused to clarify what assault pistol was supposed to mean because it might, quote, influence witnesses. Louisiana stood out among the states passing new ID verification laws for porn sites, as well as Sarah Huckabee Sanders in Arkansas, as well as Texas, where bad child actor Ricky Schroeder got one for filing a brief making tons of debunked claims about pornography being addictive, the First Amendment only covering political speech, the validity of I know it when I see it, and even calling it seditious libel. And weirdly, he depended on a lot of arguments the Supreme Court struck down. My own home state of North Carolina passed such a law too, and as with the rest, Pornhub and other sites have shut off access to the state entirely, instead of taking the bewilderingly insecure step of requiring people to send in a copy of their driver's license. Gee, whatever will I do? Oh, right. I have a VPN. Easy. Just go to vpn.pagosity.tv. And that wasn't the only one for the Tar Heel State. They passed a bill to allow police to track phones without a warrant. The state Supreme Court had to throw out a case where state Democrats were basically whining that not drawing districts by race was racial gerrymandering. And Governor Roy Cooper got one himself when he tried claiming that private schools lack accountability when he sends his daughters to private school. 
He got another one for having not one, but five of his vetoes of election reform overridden. Montana got one for their unconstitutional TikTok ban that had to be blocked by a federal judge before it went into effect on January 1st. There were a lot of politicians whining about TikTok because they could spy on their users in America and get their private data, basically the same stuff they could get a hundred other ways and probably did. And it was another significant year for the news media. Mother Jones, as usual, was shown to be one of the worst offenders, this time in the Twitter files revelation of Hamilton 68, a tool which falsely labeled American right-leaning accounts on Twitter as Russian bots. They got a second one for telling new lies to cover the lies in the Schiff memo and desperately trying to salvage Russiagate. You also have the ones who were screeching about the Trump campaign and his supporters violating copyright law by selling merch with his mugshot. After they were anticipating the disgraceful mugshot, which, again, backfired immensely, they had to work to try and stop it, so they and Fannie Willis tried claiming copyright, even though mugshots by design have always been considered public domain. They're used incredibly often by news media and stories because they don't have to pay royalties, and the whole idea of a mugshot is so everyone knows what the offender looks like in case they flee. The New York Times tried to rewrite the history of Edward Snowden and his revelations not once, but twice. Once claiming he only revealed spying on foreign countries, which was the part that Snowden specifically said he didn't want revealed, and another repeating the lie that Snowden had fled to Russia when, as we covered, he just had a layover at the Moscow airport when the Obama administration canceled his passport and he was stranded. Like many true, they're trying to memory hole what Snowden actually revealed. Illegal domestic spying on Americans. And in addition to the AI we covered earlier, the Times also screeched about how horrible it was that the Wayback Machine and other archive sites were archiving their stories. Maybe because they don't want a record of their malfeasance? We also covered the news media's bogus smear campaign against Clarence Thomas, saying his friendship with Harlan Crow is somehow an ethics violation, even though he's never sat on a case where Crow or his businesses were a party. Now they're trying to say he needs to recuse himself from all Trump cases, even though he doesn't have any connections to Trump at all. The news media continually called the claims about Ray Epps conspiracy theories, despite more and more videos come to light showing his direct involvement in initiating the violence on January 6th as Epps himself went into hiding to avoid multiple subpoenas. We also know that there were a ton of informants at the Capitol on Jan 6 from the FBI, DHS, and other departments, but we don't know how many, and neither does the FBI because they lost count. And we covered at least one case where someone was tried and convicted for Jan 6 completely in secret, and no one will say why. And speaking of Jan 6, not that you'd know it from watching the news media, but other videos finally released prove that a capital U.S. police sergeant committed perjury when testifying in front of the Jan 6 committee and on the stand in the Kyle Fitzsimmons case, as well as another capital police officer committing perjury in the Oath Keepers trial. Who knows what we'll see as more videos come to light. 
We should know a lot more, but unfortunately, we covered the story where the J6 committee destroyed evidence instead of preserving it for the congressional record as the law requires. CNN tried to say that Jack Smith eating a Subway sandwich was sending a message to Trump. The actual messages in court he was sending kept being things like ignoring orders from appeals courts, withholding and even destroying evidence, and denying due process. We covered several cases of their misreporting of Tesla involving NHTSA's recall of AutoSteer, which was really a mandatory software update that required them to bug the user more to let them know that cruise control is no substitute for paying attention to the road. We've seen since then from Tesla YouTubers that the nag is coming up a lot, even when the user is paying full attention. That's actually bad. If you keep getting false positives like that, your brain just ends up ignoring it. More isn't necessarily better. But that's government regulators for you. The Guardian, when reporting the shutdown of Library that we covered earlier, claimed that the service was an extremist tech company. Even local news didn't fare well, such as when media company Gannett had to stop using AI to write local sports stories, which were absolutely awful and clearly hadn't even been reviewed by a human editor. And don't think you can rely on NewsGuard to help you out with any of this. Its business model puts pressure on outlets to censor or alter stories, and the pressure is much harder on independent outlets. Same thing with Facebook's fact-checkers, IFCN, where reports showed collusion, bias, and censorship. And Media Matters was so bad, they've sparked a lawsuit from Elon Musk and X-Corp, and another from Rumble. Over in Congress, Stacey Plaskett, ranking member from the Virgin Islands, got one for completely immature behavior in multiple Judiciary Committee meetings every time a witness started to give an answer to her questions that she didn't like. And yes, she kept up with the usual Democrat screeching, RECLAIMING MY TIME! In fact, if anything, she does it more than anyone. She's not the only one, but she's by far the worst offender. Journalist Matt Taibbi, one of the witnesses, called it, quote, A bizarre collective display of a whole group of politicians not understanding some pretty basic things about how not to act around journalists. She even threatened Taibbi with up to five years in prison. Judge Tanya Chutkin got biggest bogani emitter for her shenanigans in presiding over the Trump D.C. Jan 6 case, and Judge Arthur Ingeron got one for an even greater number of shenanigans over the New York trial. We covered those in Part 1. And speaking of Trump trials, in the Colorado hearing to kick him off the ballot, the judge called out a live streamer who was doing running commentary on her public hearing because they didn't want people rebroadcasting it without permission. I'll say it again, a public hearing. It wasn't the only one. We saw a few times when YouTubers got strikes for posting and commenting on publicly streamed court hearings. Another example was the Alex Jones case, where the judge allowed in filmmakers wanting to make a hit piece on Jones, but actively stopped streamers and commentators. See how these people don't want a public record of what they get up to? And back in Fulton County, things seem to be going very badly for the county, since two of their high-powered defense attorneys moved to withdraw from the 2020 election fraud case voters brought against them. We now know 
that over 17,000 votes in 2020 were invalid in a state where less than 12,000 votes separated Trump and Biden. And despite what you may have heard, the case will continue as the Georgia Court of Appeals ruled the voters do have standing. The World Health Organization took yet another biggest bogani emitter for getting behind ineffective and even dangerous medical pseudoscience, including acupuncture, Ayurveda, herbal medicine, homeopathy, naturopathy, osteopathy, traditional Chinese medicine, and Unani medicine. Wikipedia got it for their censorship of the Mataibi article, which exposed so much about what's been going wrong at that site over the last several years. What used to be a wonderful site that proved the crowdsourcing works very well, becoming more accurate than even Encyclopedia Britannica, is now managed by an elite group of super-editors engaging in censorship against everything that goes against their political narrative. Belarus got one for allowing piracy from unfriendly nations. They're still heavily censoring everything, though. What do you expect from President Alexander Lukashenko, who has referred to himself as Europe's last dictator? Although, points for honesty, I guess. Germany got one for trying to claim that YouTube DL was piracy, ignoring basic math. It wasn't the first story like that that we covered, and likely won't be the last as they're trying to do the same thing in Italy, likely setting up for a full EU-wide ban, even though the software doesn't do anything that a web browser doesn't. The UK received it four times, each time about their Online Safety Act, an act that attacks encryption in the name of protecting children, which will put children, abuse victims, and others at greater risk, as well as be a big threat to online privacy. The CEO of Signal said they'd pull out of the UK entirely before allowing Signal to be compromised in this way. Remember back when we covered how Netflix would add content that did well on pirate sites? They understood it. Amazon doesn't. They got one for removing books by independent publishers from Kindle Unlimited after they appeared on pirate sites, claiming it breached their exclusivity agreement. I mean, like, are there any books that aren't pirated? Pfizer got biggest bogon emitter after it was revealed that they engaged in fraud to get the vaccine approved. The revelation came from whistleblower Brooke Jackson, an employee of Ventavia Research Group, which conducted the trials, who reported the issues to the FDA in September of 2020. This includes both documents and audio recordings about how they handled the vaccine trials, which show unblinding, improper exclusion of symptomatic people, and other issues. When the FDA didn't take action, she went public through the BMJ. That was when she was fired, which is part of her suit that they violated whistleblower protection laws. It's another case where a judge tried to dismiss it, but an appeals court overturned it so the case can continue. Another Tesla-related one is Dan O'Dowd, who made a bunch of bogus videos trying to show that Tesla's full self-driving was dangerous. This included releases of edited and obviously staged tests showing it running over a child dummy even though no other Tesla owner could duplicate the experiment. It also included videos of Teslas behaving badly when FSD was clearly not on because the steering wheel icon in the display was gray, not blue. And O'Dowd's own videos show a message at the bottom of the screen indicating the software has been messed with. Even Community Notes on X debunked all his nonsense, and he still repeats all these claims to this day. 
and he releases all his videos in 540p to make it more difficult to see the error messages and other critical screen information debunking it. All because he makes competing software being used in that insane boondoggle the F-35. And all you need to know about him is the claims on his own About page that says he's, quote, the world's leading expert in creating software that never fails and can't be hacked. But all of his critics are shills for Elon Musk and have Tesla stock. You know how it goes. It's not as bad, though, as when software that's supposed to be secure isn't. And that's what happened with password management software KeePass, where developers stuck their fingers in their ears when a vulnerability allowing password theft was revealed. And even worse, when you're a secure hosting provider and root certificate manager like GoDaddy, who had probably the worst response to a multi-year breach. Unknown attackers were able to steal source code, customer and employee logins, and install malware on customer websites. And yet, GoDaddy waited months to tell the world and its customers about the breach, which may involve vulnerabilities going back to March of 2000. And customer complaints, as well as complaints from cybersecurity researchers, received the following response from GoDaddy, quote, Customers are responsible for the content of their websites. About the only way it could be any more embarrassing is if it were a government website, one where security is crucial. Like, say, the DEA. The same DEA who had a data portal hacked via a vulnerability that had been there for three years. Actually, multiple vulnerabilities that had already been patched. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. Alright, strap in because we're going into the home stretch by going over all the times Biggest Bogan Emitter and Idiot Extraordinaire was received by Joe Biden and members of his administration. We started off the new year finding another batch of classified documents illegally taken by Biden from when he was a senator and VP. Keep in mind that Biden doesn't have the same defense as Trump does since they were Trump's documents. He was the president. Biden has no such claim and should not have had the documents at all, especially from when he was a senator and should only have been able to view classified documents in the skiff. Biden also tried massively restricting the availability and flexibility of work for freelancers. 
Then there are all the ridiculously false claims about Nord Stream, where he laughably claimed Russia blew up their own pipeline, which was all the leverage they had over countries like Germany, a claim which, I'm sorry, but you have to be utterly deranged to believe. Of course, the news media is completely credulous of Biden's claims, to the point where they even denied the investigative reporting of Seymour Hirsch. Never mind the fact that Hirsch was able to give dates, times, method, and which military units were involved, as well as detailing the cooperation of Norwegian forces. Whereas Biden and others who blamed Russia could provide no details whatsoever and contradicted themselves at every turn. But look at how little investigation there's been since it happened. If they really thought Russia was to blame, do you really think they wouldn't pursue it to certainty? And then there was the time Janet Yellen claimed the White House was trimming $3 trillion from the national debt over the next 10 years, when really, they're adding $20 trillion. She also evaded questions about the bailouts and special privileges the Fed was giving to big banks and refused to answer the question of whether the same privileges will be available to small and regional banks. Later on, she pitched a hissy fit when Fitch downgraded the U.S.'s credit rating. Biden bypassed Congress and disobeyed the Supreme Court to issue new gun control dictates, violating not only the law, but the Second Amendment as well. This included increasing background checks, red flag requirements, safe storage requirements, restrictions on shipping firearms, and increased seizures and buybacks by the Department of Defense. Also, he used the FTC to issue dubious reports about gun manufacturers targeting minors and encouraging militant extremism. He also fueled misinformation about guns that could evade metal detectors, which only exist in badly written movies. His ATF had to be smacked down more than once by federal judges for their illegal frame or receiver rule, where they went against the law as established by Congress to claim that perfectly legal guns are illegal. Even CNN posted how Biden made five false claims about guns and many other subjects. Biden's DOJ also charged black leftist groups and activists with felonies for posting memes and other content critical of the Ukraine war. It's part of an overall pattern. Biden is weaponizing the DOJ to suppress speech critical of his narrative in a way we haven't seen since Woodrow Wilson. Biden got a joint one with Boris Johnson and NATO when yet more evidence came out that they deliberately prolonged the Ukraine war at a time when both Ukraine and Russia were wanting to negotiate peace. We also saw prosecutorial misconduct from U.S. Attorney Karen Gilbert, deputy to Jack Smith, when she spied on privileged attorney-client communications in the Mar-a-Lago investigation. According to filings from Trump's legal team, there will be motions coming in regarding this. His FTC took action against Amazon, saying that free shipping and streaming video through Prime was a scam, making numerous claims that were debunked by their own screenshots and claiming that it was too complicated to cancel Prime when it's easier than submitting a complaint on the FTC website. We've also seen the court cases going after Biden's active role in social media censorship, where IC agents directly colluded with social media players to prevent many different positions and topics from being expressed. 
and the no evidence continued to pile up against Biden and his family as numerous bank records and other records came to light, including bribery from Ukraine in the form of $5 million to the elder Biden and $5 million to his son Hunter at meetings where we now know Zelensky was present, as well as bank transfers going to Joe Biden through Jim and Hunter, as well as various shell companies that trace back to China. There have also been some 170 suspicious activity reports filed by banks regarding financial transactions of the Biden family. And we now know that, despite Joe Biden's lies to the contrary, he was present and an active participant in many of these discussions, as well as interacting with them using pseudonymous emails. The SEC got one for the Coinbase case, another one where they called crypto a security and ignored the Howey test. The SEC also asked Coinbase to stop exchanging everything except Bitcoin. And then there was the time Biden's DOJ sued SpaceX for not hiring immigrants when they're prohibited from doing so by the international traffic and arms regulations. As for AI, Biden himself got one for his executive order, Safe, Secure, and Trustworthy Development and Use of Artificial Intelligence, where he claimed to have the authority to stop people from using their own computers to do the wrong kind of math. And in the process, he screeched about ma-corporations and even ma-racism. The Social Security Administration keeps making one woman's life hell because they say she died in 2007. But we can't give Biden sole blame for that one as it goes back to the George W. Bush years. But why is it continuing? Even NIST under his administration didn't fare well as it appears to be unfairly favoring NSA post-quantum algorithms while eliminating better, more provably secure ones. They're staying behind Kyber, even though a recent paper shows how it can be broken. But, they say, it's more secure because 2 to the 40 plus 2 to the 40 equals 2 to the 80. Even though it's not, it's 2 to the 41. They made that simple an error. But their behavior makes it seem more sinister reversing the public procedures established over the last decade and working in secret, and we only know it because of Dan Bernstein issuing FOIA requests, they were insistent on keeping Kyber and eliminating NTRU. Kyber has a limited selection of security levels. You're basically stuck with Kyber 512, Kyber 768, and Kyber 1024. Unlike Kyber, NTRU offers higher security levels that NIST doesn't seem to care about for some reason even though that's the whole point of this. NTRU has the smallest options and the highest security options, and Kyber has trade-offs that NTRU doesn't have. If you're going to eliminate either one, you eliminate Kyber. But why wouldn't you allow both anyway? Biden's NIST says, stop asking good questions. They also changed the criteria on everyone with no warning and wouldn't say why. The NTRU team responded with higher security levels, which the paper always said was possible. NIST concealed that fact. On the lower end, optimized NTRU 509 was performing better than Kyber 512, but NIST removed NTRU 509 specifically to make NTRU look worse. And they kept in Kyber 512, even though it should have been eliminated if they'd followed the qualification criteria they did for the rest. NIST picked a riskier post-quantum protocol to set as the standard for protection of all of our data from the eventual introduction of quantum computers, 
and didn't even bother to answer everyone's questions about the supposed security level. The best response they got was, We consulted among ourselves and with the Kyber team. So, why is NIST doing this? FOIA documents are showing much more NSA involvement than in previous competitions. The last time the NSA was involved was in 2006, when they provided Dual EC, an algorithm that had to be withdrawn in 2014 when researchers noticed they'd slipped in a back door. Bernstein sent a FOIA request wanting to know their involvement with the NSA. NIST has been stonewalling in violation of the law, as is common for the Biden administration. Hopefully Bernstein's lawsuit bears fruit. We only have one chance to get post-quantum cryptography right. The NSA is recording all of our conversations right now, salivating over the day quantum computers will let them read it all. We need to secure it from them and others now. Did you catch how long that segment was? Long and majorly bad, potentially affecting people long after Biden is gone. That's why, for the second year in a row, Joe Biden and his administration just have to be 2023's Idiot of the Year! Well, that wraps up the Bogosity Podcast for 2023. Please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar, and you can listen early and ad-free. I hope you had great holidays and a great new year, and we'll see you next week for the start of our 2024 coverage. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Edward Snowden. Without meaningful transparency, there is no accountability. And without accountability, there is no learning. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity.